If you would uh, turn your Bibles to Romans 8, amen, and uh, look at uh, Romans 8, 1. Now, I'm going to be um, uh, preaching uh, about my big, my big exotic title today is more on Romans 8. That's the title. Because I fit, there's so much in there, I couldn't just pick one thing. But you remember a couple of weeks ago we preached on Romans 8, um, touched on it, mainly Romans 7, and then we went to, um, we went to, am, am I okay on the mic here? You can hear me okay? Praise the Lord. All right. I don't want my sweater to be competing with the, the microphone. There. There I am. Okay. Praise the Lord. Am I good? Did I screw up anything? Uh, okay. I'm good. All right. Um, and so, um, Romans 7, you know, we kind of ended uh, the, the fact with, uh, it resolves in Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. In the original text, it was not added, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. It was added by the Bible translators, King James and his crew, because they thought it was more ex, 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 uh, it was more explanatory, and so, um, however, it's kind of caused some confusion in the way that that's written, because when we think of flesh, we often are thinking uh, lust of the flesh, doing things with the flesh that are not godly, not holy, not righteous acts. Righteous behavior, amen. And so that's how that's been preached for a hundred years, maybe. It's been preached. It, you know, you gotta control the flesh and put the flesh down and, uh, you've got to make sure that, um, you're, you're walking right in that. And that's a good message. And of course, we all, you need to control ourselves, amen. Like Brother Norval said, he'd see a piece of coconut cream pie. And he says, his flesh says, I want the whole pie. Well, I want three pieces. And he said, you're not getting three pieces. You're getting one piece. Well, if you're nice, you might get two. <laughs> well, that's the way we kind of struggle with our flesh oftentimes, isn't it? We, we just, you know, it's, it's hard to not indulge the flesh, the, the appetites of the flesh and all that's involved there. But believe it or not, Paul is not talking about any of that at all. When he's talking here. Now there are scriptures where he does, where Paul does address our behavior and that it should be righteous. You remember he told the, the folks at, at Corinth, the Corinthian church, he said, um, it's commonly reported there's fornication here. And he said, uh, the thing about that commonly reported, it's not just an isolated case. Commonly reported there's fornication. He said, it should not be named even once among you. But he said, Know you not that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit? Do you join Christ with a harlot and all those things? So he does address, Paul does address uh, earthly, fleshly, normal, natural behavior. Behavior, And, you know, tries to steer us in the right direction. Amen? But in this case, and you'll often find in Paul's writing, when he says flesh, he's not talking about behavioral holiness. He's talking about what we believe in. He's talking about having confidence 
in your ability to keep Moses' law as compared to faith in the finished work of Christ for your righteousness. Amen. Don't everybody shout at once, but that's actually good. Because I, I certainly don't want to try to go to heaven on my behavior. I'll tell you that right now. You know, as, as perfected as I have become, <laughs> I certainly don't want to understand, try to go, try to go on my record and, well, in 1974, you, you know, did something you weren't supposed to. <laughs> Can you explain yourself? Well, I promise I'll never do it again. I mean, what, you know, this is craziness. And yet so much has been presented in that kind of, uh, concept and framed in that, that we still get it in our heart like that. We're going to try, we're going to impress God with our fantastic ways. Trouble with that, about the time you find yourself all perfected, now you're in pride. And you've fallen back down the ladder and, and you just can't win with it. Paul said clearly in, in, in Romans, we won't turn there, but he said clearly in Romans 3 that the works of the, uh, I mean, fulfillment of working the, the law has nothing to do with righteousness. Nothing. Isn't that something? You cannot become righteous by your goodwill best efforts. Now, you might become a great citizen. You might become a great helper in your community. You might be able to, to be a blessing, and we want to do all those things too, don't we? Yeah. But that's not the righteousness Paul's talking about. He's talking about being right with God, and the only way to do that is through faith in what has been provided. Amen? the finished work of Christ through grace. So um, we're going to see that that's what he's talking about here. So when he's talking about trying to please God through the flesh, he's talking about things like, well, what Paul bragged on in Philippians 3. He said, if any man has cause to boast, now he's talking about the flesh. If any man has cause to boast, I more, and he names his seven things that he's, you know, Proud of, you know, uh, 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 a Hebrew of the Hebrews, uh, you know, circumcised on the eighth day. Boy, if that's not flesh, we're talking blood and guts and pain and everything here. And uh, and then uh, the sacrifices of the flesh, speaking specifically of the blood of bulls and goats and animal sacrifice and temple worship and that whole deal there. And what did he say about all that? He says, I've, I've got a perfect record. And he said, uh, I, yet I counted all as dung that I may have the excellency that's in Christ. Amen. Now, I don't know if you know what dung means, but I don't think you want a lot of it on your shoe when you get in the car. All right. So, uh, in, in other words, it's, it's the bad thing. It's something with no value. So, um, here we have him comparing that. So when you see flesh, when Paul's talking about works of the flesh and flesh, unless he specifically is naming sins of the flesh, he's not talking about sins of the flesh. He's talking about faith in disciplined flesh to please God. And it just doesn't work like that. There's no faith in it. It's faith in our merit. 
Grace is not merited. Some some people, even in our own circles, whatever that means, sometimes I feel like we're going around in circles, but even in our own circles, uh, uh, grace is preached like it's a prize to be won, and if you do just right, God will give you a little. Or if you do just right, but you fail, then he'll shoot you some to help you to the next step. And that is not grace. I, I don't know what that is. It's some kind of a merit thing, you know. It's it's almost like if you go to the uh, perfume counter, cologne counter at a department store, and they'll say, free designer umbrella. But then the small print, there's an asterisk, with purchase over $350 or a little sign up for the monthly, you know, subscription. And then, you know, by the end of it, you know, you could have just bought an umbrella cheaper than taking their free one, quote, unquote, free. When we find out in this world, there's no such thing as free. Nothing's free. There's always some caveat, right? There's something to be paid or merited or worked for or worked off or worked on or whatever. Uh, and so we have a hard time understanding a free, the free gift of grace because it, there's nothing else that we can compare it to. Even on Christmas gift giving, you know, come over, we're going to exchange gifts. It's just sort of an expectancy that if, you know, you're giving a gift, you're going to get one back. And, and we say, well, I, uh, I have unconditional love. No, you don't. Only God has unconditional love. We have all kinds of conditions on our love. And uh, what, what is it that uh, they had Citizen Kane saying in the movie, uh, uh, love on his own terms is the only kind anybody uh, understands? It's, we're, it's true. We're all like that. It's fine. God's made us the way he's made us, and, and his grace helps us, and his love helps us. Amen? But his... his uh, the love that he has, which is, again, I was talking to Starlin about it a couple of days ago. 1 Corinthians 13, Amplified, clearly states that that description of God's love is God's love. And yet it's been preached like this is love and you should try to do this. Anybody tried to walk in that kind of love? Boy, it's hard to do, isn't it? Especially love pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Well, boy, the church universal has sure failed on that one because we're going to point out all the stuff you've done wrong and how you've missed it and blown it 19 times or whatever. And then if you show a contrite heart, we will forgive you maybe, but you're still on probation and we're watching you. <laughs> and so I don't think that's what that means. No. Uh, I don't think that behavior matches what's in the word love pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It's almost impossible for us to walk in that. We try, try to overlook things, but you know, sometimes the hurt is still there. Sometimes the scars are still there. And we're really, maybe don't get over everything until we go to heaven. But I'll tell you one thing. God's love is that. Amen. If you go to God and you say, Lord, I want to pray about this horrible thing that I did in 1912, you know, when the Titanic went down. The reason that means something to me is my great-grandmother would stand up in church and says, I'm saved, sanctified, built the Holy Ghost, been a member of the Church of God since 1911 and haven't cut my hair. All the same breath. It was all the same meaning. So, you know, she got in a nursing home later in life and 
they called my grandmother and said, hey, your mother here is giving us a problem. Why? Well, she won't let us cut her hair. And so, because um, she said if we cut her hair, she'll go to hell. So, uh, you see why I love Grace so much. I mean, most of you didn't grow up in that kind of legalism, but I did. And we're all going to hell for something, you know. You look wrong, you're going to hell. So, my granny wouldn't, wouldn't let them cut her hair. She'd get in the corner and fight them off, you know. They said, maybe you could come up with something. So, my grandmother had a genius plan to talk Granny Hall into cutting her hair. You want to hear what it was? She said, if they're cutting your hair against your will, then they'll go to hell, not you. And she thought about it, and she said, you know, that'll work. We'll do it on those terms. So there's this poor woman there standing there cutting her hair, and she's going, I guess you know you're going to hell for this. That's positive evangelism, isn't it? Guess you know you're going to hell for this cutting my hair. And she said, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Just kept cutting, you know. Just thank God she wasn't fighting them off anymore. Praise the Lord. Well, uh, thank God we don't have to live under that. But that is a type of what I'm talking about here and what Paul's talking about, about walking in the flesh. You think you've got, you know, points with God because you haven't cut your hair since the year before the Titanic went down. And, uh, you know, bless her heart, I think she would, she found when she went to heaven that she maybe could have cut her hair, you know. All right. I don't care what you do with your hair. <laughs> Can you imagine a denomination so obsessed with hairstyles, though? I mean, I, it's just the craziest thing. I, I can't, I just, you know, it's beyond me to even imagine it. Uh, if you talk to a lot of them, they don't want to talk about that anymore. You know, but praise God. Anyway, thank God we're free from that. Move on, Pastor. All right. So it says, you know, you know, you know, Romans seven again is this comparison of of horrible life trying to please God through flesh instead of and merit instead of through and good intentions instead of just faith in Christ. Simple. And when he gets through, remember he said, oh, where does it leave you? Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from, from the body of this death? And he says, I thank my God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So he's saying that, he's not saying what's the program, what's the 19 steps to victory, He's saying there's one step to victory, and it's faith in Christ. Amen? Amen. So I'm just going to depend on him, do the best I can with my flesh. But again, we're, we're talking about trying to gain righteousness through the, through the flesh, through merit. And, boy, there's people that get discouraged, you know, in that. They're, they're, they're thinking, well, I've got to walk in love, and I've got to walk in faith, and I've got to do everything just right, hold my mouth that way when I look that way, and... You know, all these things. And when you fail and fall off the ladder because you're human, God forbid we act like humans, you fail and fall off the ladder, lose your temper in the parking lot at Publix like I did yesterday (laughs) with this crazy woman in an SUV 
Anyway, I, I, you know, I just lost my temper and I had to repent to my family and the Lord for my behavior, but I was really kind of worked up. So if my confidence in God was based on my behavior, I probably couldn't even stand here and preach today. And there's people that are like that. Oh, I don't know. You know, I've, I've made, I, I, I lost my temper. I got upset. I, 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 I hated somebody for two seconds or whatever or felt it, you know, um, was wondering if I could get a battering ram from my car. Do they, is that an accessory to order? <laughs> a couple of machine guns that pop out. You like Dick Tracy. You know, like, Despicable me comes on, you know. <laughs> Despicable me. It's grace harvest, not grew harvest. But I, I, uh, I just, you know, thank God I'm not depending on David for my, my relationship with God. I'm depending on what Jesus did. Cause, and God's love, cause it's perfect. And mine, ugh, is sketchy. I know all of y'all are perfect. It's just about me. <laughs> I had a guy one time, had a building in Tulsa and had my name on the outside, you know, David Horton Ministries. And I had a, one of my associates explain to me is, this is not all about you, you know. And I said, well, it kind of is. My name's on the building, you know. <laughs> there is, <laughs> there is therefore now, so now, because of Christ, there is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. And then, again, the translators added this, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So he's talking about meriting through the flesh God's uh, righteousness and, and, and justification. You know that in Spanish and Portuguese and maybe some other languages, there's not a word that for righteousness. It's all it's all has to do with the root word for ju- justice and justification. And therefore, sometimes in preaching in, in in other countries, it's difficult to get this point over because everything seems like just justice. Does that make sense? The balance of justice instead of a gift of grace. So it's more difficult to explain that. Anyway, let's keep reading. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Amen. Not under the law of sin, not under the law of death, under the law of the spirit of life. Does that sound better? For what the law could not do. So quit being all enamored with the law. In fact, Paul said in Galatians, you that are so enamored with the law, he said, he said, have you ever read what's in it? That's what he said. He's talking to the Jews. He said, have you ever read what's in it? And then he kind of told them what was in it. and They wanted to, you know, they weren't happy with his message. Take a vote, vote him out. For what the law could not do, the law can't save you. It can't make you righteous. It can't justify you. Quit being in love with it. Now, that's not talking about the law of Pasco County here. 
I'm going to run the red light. I said, we're free from the law. The pastor said so. No, come on. Use a piece of your brain. Amen. <laughs> we're talking about Moses' law as a means to Christ. Right? What the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Now, something that's condemned, it's not just I condemn this, I'm against it. Condemned means to death. In other words, condemned to death. Always the end of condemnation in the Bible is death. We're talking about the death penalty. So what was the death penalty put on? Not us. We were told our whole life in church is kind of on us. It's not on us. It's on, it's, it was on sin and Jesus became that sin so we could all be free from the condemnation of death, spiritual death. Amen. Preach. Ah! That's right. That's good, isn't it? So, you know, it's easy for us, for all of us to walk around and have remembrances and, and, and all of, you know, how, how we missed it, where we missed it, what we did, and want to kind of feel bad about that and, you know, whatever. But I'm telling you, it's not coming from God. God's not condemning you. He's not condemning me. Thank God. Woo! Aren't you happy about that? That, and when the devil brings up stuff, you need to say to him, why don't you go back to your hole, wherever you go, of, 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 of any entity that you could say, go to hell, it's the devil. Because he's from there, and that's like saying, why don't you go home? Tell you what, devil, go to hell, where you belong, with your lies, because you're lying. Now, I'm not lying. You, you said this and did that and did the other thing. You, 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 you got to go to him and say, yeah, but that was, that's under the blood now. And I am the righteousness of God in Christ. And Jesus bore that sin that I committed and he, and he killed it. It was nailed to the cross with him. Well, you know, the Lord nails it and we go get it, get it off the nail. The, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. So, so well, there's still the law. Yeah, it is fulfilled. Praise God. Move on. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Again, faith in flesh as a means of justification instead of faith in the what the Spirit provides. For they... For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. You become flesh obsessed. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Amen. I want to be obsessed with that. But that's life, liberty, joy, and victory. Amen. For to be carnally minded is, is death. You're, you're, you're dealing with death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Woo! That'd be a good name for a church, wouldn't it? Life and peace. Church. If you're really a cool church, you only have one word for your church. You don't even put the word church on there. It's just, there was one the other day we saw, they named it Audacity. 
I don't even know what that means. Of all the audacity, I don't know. I just wouldn't pick that necessarily. All right. Do your thing. Praise God. God bless you. We're, 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 we're going opposite the flow here. Most churches are turning their lights off and having like a, like a, like a laser show on the platform. And we're putting bright, the brightest lights we can find. Amen. Because <laughs> to me, God is, uh, God is love and he, Jesus is the light of the world. I mean, if you want to go to a nightclub, go on, but don't turn the church into one. Praise the Lord. Amen. You feel like you're, uh, you feel like you're on a set of solid gold or something, you know. Okay, don't get me on that. Nobody wants to hear me gripe about weirdness. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Can you believe that? Paul said at another juncture that those who promote flesh as a means to God, in other words, merit system, are have become enemies of the cross of Christ. That, that means like people in church can become enemies of the cross of Christ because they're competing with the cross, competing with the finished work with some other program that doesn't work, that's in vain, competing with that, with the finished work of Jesus. Okay, just saying. For it is not subject, the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So they that are in the flesh cannot please God, because without faith it's impossible to please Him. Now, when it says without faith, it's impossible. Please, that's not talking about faith for healing, faith for money, how we use faith sometimes. He's talking about faith. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and he's a reward. In other words, you've got to have faith in grace. Amen. That's one of my favorite scriptures, Ephesians 2, 8. We're saved by grace through faith. Faith in what? Faith in grace. Faith in the finished work. Ah! All right. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. You can't. It doesn't work like that. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, capital S, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. So how do I, how do I, how do I get in the Spirit? Believe on the Lord Jesus. Become a believer. And you've got it. And man, I'm telling you, in our own precious Word of Faith movement, we have spent so much preaching and time trying to understand what it means to crucify the flesh. And, I, you know, I it, it decrease so he may increase. And, I, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm conquering the old man. Before you know it, you're on, you're on a Word of Faith treadmill instead of, Faith, real faith. And, you know, some of us has jumped off the Pentecostal treadmill onto the Word of Faith treadmill. And I love the Word of Faith movement. I love the preachers, and they're all my friends. Well, we're having them in to come, you know, and everything. But I'm telling you, 
the ones that we have in will agree with this. I, I guarantee you. This is not imbalanced. Well, Brother David, now you need to balance this. With what? Dead works? Pleasing the flesh? I could preach here on every sin that we could list from A to Z and some double A. And tell you, now, if you're doing this, you need to stop. And there's a, and then give an altar call. Name every sin you can think of and give an altar call so you get a bigger group down front, you know. Uh, but at the end of it, I'm not helping anybody because you're actually binding that thing to you further and you're trying to say to God and to the church, Y'all watch me, hold your breath, cross your fingers, and cheer me on that I can get this, get her done, and praise the Lord. And if trouble is, it just gets worse. So then next Tuesday, when you fall off of that wagon, you know, you feel worse than you did. Here I've stood up in church. Here I've testified of how clean and beautiful I am and shiny. And now there's tarnish on my. My crown has lost one of its stones, and I, it fell off, and it's dented. The, the crown of the flesh is just not maintainable. We want to say, look, don't look at me, look at Jesus. Amen. And, and if, you, if you look at me, see Jesus in me, not my flaws. Well, Brother David, you look like you've got something on your face. Well, I'm not surprised. Sometimes I said the church can look like a bunch of monkeys at the primate house at the zoo. You ever sit? You ever seen baboons? They sit around and they, first they're picking stuff off of themselves. Usually they're eating it. You know, they're picking a, a chick off of theirself or a something, a bug. And then they start looking at their neighbor and start picking at them. This is exactly what we do. We, we, we try to find our own flaws. And once we think we're cleaned up, now I'm ready to t- take you on. Point out where you miss it. You know, brother, I just feel like, you know, some of these, some of these prayer things. Well, I just feel like there's just something that's bothering you. Yeah, you got three hours. What a ridiculous thing. Or there's something that's disturbing your peace. It's you, sister. I didn't want to tell you. But you're disturbing my peace like right now. When my dad was a pastor, he had to go around behind me and my mother and clean up all the time. Because we would just tell you how it is. I had, I was about 17 years old in the church in Smyrna, you know, in, in, uh, at Concord. And this little lady came up to me and I had a new hairstyle trying to be stylish, you know. And she came up and she says, I don't know much if I like your hairstyle or not. And I said, you know what? I don't know much if I care. Well, she's offended. You know, she goes to my dad. David said something to me. He said, well, what'd you say to him? Well, I love that. Well, I told him I didn't like his hair. And what did he say? He said he didn't care if I liked it or not. He says, well, I agree with David. (laughs) Right? 
What makes us the, the critics of everybody and everything? Sometimes people just need to study to be quiet and mind their own business, right? That's what the Bible says. All right, I'm going to end this so we can go eat the turkey. You are not in the flesh. So quit saying, well, i got to discipline my old man. Stop going out and digging up that dead body and bringing it to life with sin, with sin consciousness. Leave it alone. It's dead. Leave it in there. Amen. Amen. Who we were before Christ. Leave that alone. Amen? That's why we don't bury people. And the, if you notice that the cemetery never gives you a key to the vault. Because they don't want you to go visit grandma like that. You understand? Leave it in the ground because it's not pretty what you're going to find. So, you know, it's, this is just, it's good that Paul uses these analogies. Amen? Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of the, his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Now, if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, and say, he dwells in me, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken or make alive your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You can see why he didn't get along with the temple folk too much preaching this. For you, we're going to just do three or four more verses here. For you have not received the spirit of bondage, again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself, it should say, heareth witness, beareth witness with our spirit, that we are the children of God. So no matter what you think, how you act, what you say, blah, 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 sure, we need to repent, we need to straighten up stuff sometimes, we have to get a hold of ourselves, like me in the public parking lot, with the terrorist that was driving into there. Um, Amen, amen, amen. I'm not preaching an imbalanced message here or saying it doesn't matter how you behave. It does. Paul says a lot about our behavior. But here he's trying to get us to see that the only path to victory in that, it's not flesh management. It's, it's, it's faith in the word, faith in the spirit, what he's saying. Amen. All right. We're all, we're almost done. The spirit himself Oh, okay. We have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And so, you know, we are the sons, we are the children of God. The spirit beareth witness again with our spirit that we are the children of God. So you need to say that. I'm a child of God. 
You know, and, and, and when you have your worst day that you've had in 17 years, something, you need to confess that first. I'm a child of God. Therefore, I can go boldly into the throne of grace to find grace to help me in a time of need. Amen. You, let's say you're facing a particularly daunting, you know, maybe you got a court case coming up or some kind of, you know, something. You know what I mean? Like something that's, that could be, could fill your heart with anxiety. But you know something? You can say, you know what? I don't have anxiety because I'm a child of God and God's helping me. And, and you can pray and you can say, Father, just help me today with this task. Give me peace. Let me answer correctly. You know, these things that you, that the Lord will help you. You have not because you ask not. All right, we're almost there. And if children, because he says we're children, so if we're children, and we are, then heirs, oh, this is getting really good, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Amen. So what's the sufferings with Christ? The sufferings with Christ mean that vicariously we suffered with them already on the cross. The price was paid for sin on our behalf through him. And now we are living in being glorified with him. Praise God. All right. Praise the Lord. That's enough preaching. Did you get anything out of that? Thank God. See, it always leads to victory, doesn't it? It always leads to relief. You know how, remember they used to have the pet doll, was it Alka-Seltzer commercial? How do you spell relief? Or Rolades, I think it was Rolades. Rolades, how do you spell relief? Rolades. Well, we have something better for relief. How do you spell relief? And it's God's love, mercy. He's always listening. He's always forgiving. He'll never reject you. He'll never turn against you. Amen. Sometimes we pray prayers and it seems like they're not answered, but then, you know, you realize that down the road they are. Things change. Amen. Thank God for that. Uh, let's pray. If you, uh, I'm going to pray for you here and then also for those on the, on the, um, uh, internet audience. And, uh, if you have, a need in your heart, you know. Uh, I'm telling you what, if you if you need to repent or whatever to the Lord, just do it. Just say, Father, hey, I messed up and I love you and I thank you, you love me. And you said that you're faithful to cleanse me of all unrighteousness and forgive all sins. It's that simple, amen? amen. Or come into my heart, Lord Jesus, make me a new creature. I accept the grace of God. That The thief on the cross said, remember me. That was his salvation prayer. Remember me, and the Lord did. Remember? <laughs> remember, remember me. So, you can pray those kinds of prayers, but we're going to pray for your healing now. If you if you have he, need a healing in your body, put your hand on your head and uh, on, on yourself, wherever. Amen? And uh, I'll pray for you. you, and you pray this at home. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace, your healing power. In Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for touching and healing every person.
from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. In Jesus' name, be healed today. Uh, I command blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, lame legs to walk, cancers and tumors and growths and, and abnormal cell um, uh, function to change, to be gone. In dry up from the roots and be gone in Jesus' name. Any kind of pain and suffering, skeletal issues, muscular issues, circulatory issues, in Jesus' name. Lord, we again, as we did earlier, we lift up Brother Frank. He's an important part of our congregation. We thank you for touching him today, for healing him. Thank you that he is strong and is gaining strength. His youth is renewed like the eagles. We thank you, Lord, for that. In Jesus' name. Those who have um, mental torment or mental illness, uh, mental health issues, Lord, we, pre- we speak to those in Jesus' name. Command the devil, take your hands off of God's property. Uh, those that might have thoughts of harming themselves or others, in Jesus' name, we rebuke that and command that, that spirit behind that to, to, to let go and be gone. In the name of Jesus, be healed in whole in every area. Those who have financial and material uh, needs or lack. Father, I thank you that you show yourself strong this week in their life and, and show that you are a God of abundance. And we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise for these things in Jesus' name. Why don't you lift your hands, praise him, and thank him in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to say goodbye for now to our internet audience. Amen. And uh, come out. See it next Sunday. We're here.